the key is try to do as many real estate related things. And I think that's why if you join a team, you can absorb so much more information and you know ask a ton of questions and get off to a quick start. That is the most important thing in this business because there's not many jobs that are uncapped where you know you can make 150, 200, 300,000 in three or four years. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today we have Justin Bozak. Justin is a real estate agent in New Jersey and runs a real estate agency and team. In this episode, Justin will tell us how to build a high-performing team even during an economic downturn. If you're new to this podcast, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday, and we'll leave the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. And by the way, if you need help financing your next real estate project, check out Conventus Lending. Conventus is the best hard money lender with the best rates and the best service. I've used them for years, and they've been able to pull off miracles for us to close on time, all while being incredibly helpful to work with. If you need a hard money loan, contact me at sean at everythingrei.com to get $1,000 off of your processing fee. And if you want to know the secrets of how the top investors in the Bay Area are making huge profits in one of the most expensive markets in the world, download the free Ultimate Bay Area Investing Handbook on our website, everythingrei.com. Enjoy. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what do you do. Hey, everybody. My name is Justin Bozak. I am a real estate agent out at the Jersey Shore, uh, which is uh, New Jersey. So I'm sure you've heard of uh, Jersey Shore before. I'm right around a block from uh, Seaside Heights and where the show is shot. Um, actually know a couple of the, uh, the characters there <laughs> from the show, but uh, I run a, uh, a real estate agency with two business partners, uh, as well as a real estate team, the agency side, we have about 45, uh, agents team side. We have about 15. Uh, we deal with a lot on the team side with new construction and, uh, luxury listings. I think we started in 08 was when, uh, we branched off and, uh, and started everything. So been building for about 11 years to get to that point. Super exciting. So go ahead and tell us about your journey into real estate. Got into real estate pretty early on. Um, I'm 38 now. Started when I was 23. So I've seen a nice cycle of the uh, the rise in the market from 03, 04, 05 up to uh, you know 06 and 07. The crash hung out. Uh, I was working for a corporate company at that time. We were doing a tremendous amount of volume uh, and then they just pulled the plug. And uh, that's kind of how we built the team is I was a, a buyer's agent doing about anywhere between 40 to 50 deals every single year. And, you know, it was at a lower commission split because it was corporate, but learned a lot. Uh, and what I knew is when they pulled the plug, I said, well, where am I going to get my leads now? I, I wasn't a listing agent. Didn't want to be a listing agent back then because I just wanted to have my own schedule and teamed up with a gentleman that I had worked with in the past when I did inside sales for, for the company, uh, Abram. He was the manager at that time of a cold calling pod. We had uh, probably about 50 people in house at that company doing inside sales. And he was one of the managers as well as my other business partner, Tom, who is a listing agent. And uh, that was his specialty. And uh, we knew that, hey, if we come together, we can kind of keep that team synergy, the good things about our company and keep it moving. So what was your role in that team? So starting out was a buyer's agent. I also was doing cold calling during that time. You know, in that market, it was it was very difficult. Buyers were gold back then. Uh, they still are now, but the buyers were the way to control a little bit more of you know your business because the listings would stay on the market for 
six months, a year in order for them to sell. And a lot of them were short sales. Uh, we actually saw the short sales as an opportunity, create some more buy leads and really grew up on, on doing short sales. That was probably three to four years of our lives. And we did probably over a hundred short sales during that time frame as a team, which is crazy because you're doing those deals uh, multiple times. You know, the, the chances are they're going to fall apart. You know, and uh, a year in, year and a half in, and then they finally closed. But you did the deal like three times in order to get to that point. And so, what are you doing now? So now, uh, a lot of new construction. Right now, I think I have about fifty new construction job sites that are being worked on. A couple of them are bigger developments, and then also uh, luxury listings in my area as well. Is it like new construction townhomes, like KB Homes or Toll Brothers? No, they're they're single fams, ranging from uh, let's say eighteen hundred square feet up to about thirty seven hundred square feet. Are you like affiliated with those organizations, or is it like an individual person doing these new construction spec homes, and you're their listing agent? Yeah, so we have a couple builders that we're working with. One main builder, he started out doing spot lots, and you know we kind of grew up with him. He went from building one, two, three homes a year to now, you know, we're probably going to do about you know, 50 to 60 next year. And it was a, it was something that came from another builder. You know, I was actually sitting in open house and, uh, he just stopped by to check it out. Hey, you know, I'm not a buyer. I'm just coming to check out the new construction or whatever, but I know the owner, he's a friend of mine. He doesn't tell me he's a builder and I'm excited. I'm a young guy. I'm like, whatever. I, you know, every opportunity is an opportunity. Let me walk you through and showed it like a real prospective buyer. You know, he told me he wasn't going to buy it, but that was fine. So I walked them through the entire community. We had a couple of houses under construction. So I'm pointing at all the construction stuff. And lo and behold, he's another builder. Uh, he doesn't tell me this right away. We get a call a couple of days later, said, hey, I really like you. And uh, I've got a, a house we're building uh, right now. You know, would you like to come check it out? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I had no idea. He didn't say anything that day that we met. So I tell all my agents about that story because you never know who's walking through the door at the open house. You know, most people are coming through. You look at every opportunity as an interview. Treat everyone nicely, right? Because you never know. They could be your next huge client. Sure. Yeah, just never discount anybody. I don't care what they look like, how they talk, and what they even say to you. You give them your time. If they don't have questions or they don't want to be bothered, that's one thing. But if you're good at having conversations, you're able to uncover you know, so much more information that, you know, listen, maybe they don't buy today. Maybe they buy in three or four or five years. Everything's branding in my game of real estate here. I look at it like, hey, Maybe we do something in the future. Maybe you refer somebody to me. I don't care. It's all about just the long game. And this is what I tell my agents. You're not here to do a deal today. You don't look at the commission splits in the MLS and just base that on as far as what you want to do for your client. You know, you put your client's needs above, you know, what a commission check is and the rest takes care of itself. Nice. And what are you guys doing to generate leads now? So generating leads, we do some Zillow. We've been long-term, uh, account holders with them. It's been hard to get away from Zillow at this point. They always are changing things. So it's always like we make it work because I think we have such a big share in our market and we have so many properties in our market that we already have that branding that you need in order to get the consumer to kind of buy in and agree to have you you know, show the house or, or to pick up the phone. That awareness is, I think, is key. And that's why I think a lot of people fail is they spend a lot of money on Zillow, but there's no other awareness um, or it takes time to actually ramp up and, and to get that awareness. So, you know, we were early adopters. I think we're like number one in New Jersey as far as reviews go. We've got a ton of reviews, five-star rated, ton of sales. Everything's under the team. So it's a pretty big profile if you look at it. And we focus on only a couple of areas. You know, we take a good amount of market share. 
we're looking to get away from that though because we know that they're going to uh, eventually change that model they keep changing that model uh, we've been doing a ton of facebook leads i have a social media guy we pay him a salary each month our ad spend i don't know i think we're probably almost a hundred thousand dollars this year in ad spend the roi on that though has been much greater than zillow it's easier to track better for branding than if you're thinking about doing like a billboard or radio or newspaper uh, i think the ability to measure is much greater on facebook as far as like what's working and what's not working the trial the error uh, and we've kind of come to a point after a year now of really digging in and, and committing to it now we know it works and we have some nice information on the, on the back end with our audiences and the conversion ratios so we just know we just plug and play now which is great so you don't do cold clients anymore Personally, I don't. I'm not banging out the phones like like I used to. A lot of my agents, though, are now. We have a, actually a Red X station behind me in the next room, which they utilize. But uh, yeah, I'm so busy now with running the team and doing all the marketing and doing all the new construction that that's really my focus. I am making calls. I'd say they're warmer calls, though. They're you know lead inquiries and responses to our Facebook ads. What about for your new teammates? What are you telling them to do? make a lot of calls. So <laughs> the good thing is about uh, our lead system is we can generate a ton of leads. So there's definitely a lot of numbers to dial, a lot of people they can reach out to text or email through the system. And the good thing is it it's pretty intuitive where you know you can really see on the back end exactly what they're looking at, exactly what they're doing. And a lot of the lead forms that we set up, I mean, we ask them a lot of questions and, and get some buy-in by you know asking them their time frame And those are the Agents know more or less what they're walking into and how to approach each situation. So yeah, I mean, making a lot of calls or sitting a lot of open houses. We believe in open houses. I know a lot of agents don't, but we know it works, especially on the new construction end. Anything that's a nice house, nice listing, that's something that's worth sitting. I mean, obviously, if the house is a mess, that might not be worthwhile to do, but uh, we're spending a lot of money advertising those open houses, and it's mostly Facebook now. It's not the newspapers anymore. Uh, and then obviously online, that's all you need to do now. So you spend 50 bucks, a couple hours, and you're going to get traffic and you're going to meet people. And I think that's the most important thing in real estate is to be able to look somebody in their eye, shake their hand and have a conversation with them. That's like 75% of the battle. Making all these calls and calls, you can make 300 calls and potentially only meet one of those people. So you do an open house and you meet three, four or five people on one Sunday, it becomes a warmer lead at that point to follow up. And again, like I said, it doesn't have to be right away. It could be year two, year three, as long as you've got a good CRM, uh, you're committed to it. You can build a nice pipeline by uh, you know just touching all these different things. Absolutely. And yeah, if you get a cold call, there may be a chance that you're not even looking to buy in the first place. But if they come to your open house, they're already kind of qualified. Yeah. You know, buying a house is a very scary thing for most people. It's like the biggest purchase they're ever going to have in their, in their life. So they want to make sure they know who they're working with before they commit. No, absolutely. Like I said, it's an interview. So if they like you, if they went through five open houses and you're the only one that spent the time to maybe give them some information as a new buyer, if they're coming to open houses, they probably don't have an agent. Maybe they have somebody they're thinking about using, but I think you can win that business all day. Just find some commonalities. You're asking, Hey, did you grow up in this area or where you're from? You know, get to the point where you can find out where they work, maybe where they went to high school. And then you can find out common friends or common family. Do you know this one? Do you know that one? Do you remember this? And then you get off topic, which is really where you want to be because nine times out of 10, they're probably not going to buy that house. It's more about, hey, this is a cool guy. I can relate to him. I can trust him. We can have a good conversation. It's not like he's trying to sell me something. 
think most clients, the biggest thing is they don't want to feel like they're being sold, you know, and it's one of those things, whereas in, in real estate, you don't have to really sell too much on the front end. It's more about building the relationship. And then when you have that clout and they know like this guy knows what he's talking about, he's not making stuff up. And when he tells me something that maybe I push like, this is the better house, you know, then I have a clout to say that and they're going to believe that. The first time you meet them, they don't know you. They're not going to say, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to trust him. You got to build that trust up. By the way, how's Jersey's market right now? Because here in the Bay Area, we're seeing a soften. Things are sitting on the market longer. Prices are dropping by 50K, 100K. How's like over there? I think we've kind of hit like a cap or a peak in the market when it comes to like the higher end inventory. Anything that's really above median for the area, we cover like a lot of different areas. So there's a lot of different medians. If you're like 50 to 100 above what the median average is for that market, I'd say the days on the market are a little bit longer and you're not pushing anymore to get more money than the last guy. You should be happy getting as much as the last guy got now. In some territories or areas, you know, it went down you know, a little bit, maybe a percent or so. So it's not crazy where, and again, we're going now into like the slower season anyway. So I thought the same thing last year. I'm like, mm, maybe we hit our max. And then it kind of peaked up in the spring and everything was fine. But I found it a little bit slower this summer than it was the previous summer, which is kind of to me in speaking with... Um, because we're kind of like a suburb of actually like New York City. So I get a lot of people in my market that come from uh, Staten Island and from Brooklyn, from Long Island, from North Jersey. And those areas are slowing down. So we kind of look at it as a, as a wave. So when Manhattan's like super hot, like usually in a year or two, it'll reach us. The same way Manhattan's super slow, it takes like a year or two to reach us. So Manhattan, there's been a slowdown for about a year or two. So I kind of knew that this was coming and we've been kind of telling our builders that, that, Hey, listen, <laughs> we're not going to break out anymore. We're not going to charge two, three, 4% year over year anymore. We're going to have to kind of conform to, all right, what do we get? All right. We'll be lucky to get that again. Right. So what are your strategies now? If you're going to see a, you know, a market slowdown, are you going to do anything differently in terms of your marketing strategy when you're trying to sell these properties? Yeah. So, you know, we have a, uh, a unique, I guess, migration going on in my area. So it was, there's a lot of people moving out of one development um, and we were catching a lot of those and we're not seeing that as much because that market slowed. So now it's focusing and saying, all right, where can we target? So we kind of changed our scope of where our target market is for a lot of the new construction. And, and we pointed to further north. We were always marketing up there, but not as heavily. And now we are because we feel, you know, this is kind of where more, more of the money is. That's where people coming down are going to see more value and what you're selling because, you know, to buy the same thing where they live, it's twice as much. So there is always a shift, I think, you know, year to year on what you're going to market and advertise to. I don't think you should always just do the same thing. We're seeing that we've made some changes already and uh, I'm already seeing a return on, uh, on that shift that we made on our end. And so what do you think differentiates you guys from other real estate teams? So I think the greatest thing about our team is our agents have their own identities. A lot of agents that run these teams, it's just about the team leader. So they're taking credit for everything that the team is doing. They're the name that's out there. They're on the billboards. They're the ones that are being pushed on all the marketing and advertising. So our team name is the Ocean 6 Group. It's not the Justin Bozak Group. And that works for some people and it is what it is. I think long-term though, 
I think people want recognition. It's only natural for an agent to be in the business for a year to say, oh, hey, you know, maybe I want to do my own thing, you know, or I wonder how it would be if I had my own name on things. So all of our agents are, they rank on their own for local and, and then also for Remax. Uh, and they're able to take credit for all their own business. So we want to build a brand within the brand. So we want our agents to use the team to the advantage of now, even if you're a new team member, like uh, one of our agents, Steve, that just joined, he's brand new and he's making a ton of calls and he's just dropping the Ocean 6 group name. So it's an easy in, you know, he can get buy-in right away in our area just because we're the best known team in our area. He skips right over the part of how long he's been in the business. He doesn't have to go into that at all. And on the other end, when our agents have been in the with the team, I mean, the longest standing team member I think we have is 10 years in where they just, we help them build up their brand. So uh, we have an awesome agent on our team, Emily. She does probably about 30 to 40 deals a year. So we find ways to market and brand Emily as a person, not just the team or not just in Bozak, because I want her um, name out there because I know she has a special connection uh, with her clients where you know, she's the kind of agent where she gets invited to like everything that happens thereafter. She's like part of the family. And we want each agent to have their own, you know, identity for that reason, because we're all different personalities. We all want to attack different markets and focus on different things. Uh, my agents also are able to deal with buyers or deal with listings. We're not taking credit for their work. And we give them pretty good splits right off the bat. So our goal going into it was we just don't want a lot of turnover. We see a lot of teams that just keep turning people over and over and over and over. So there's no foundation. We believe we built a good foundation enough where we can launch our own company. So going into it, we didn't know that's where it would go. But the key is when you have 15, I think we had maybe 13 or 14 agents at the time when we launched the company is you could walk in with 13 agents. Any broker walking in, starting a company with 13 agents, you're probably going to feel pretty good. And these are, you know, I think our agents on average, I mean, if you take everybody on a team, it's like 25, 26 deals on average. So these aren't agents that are doing a few deals a year. I mean, everybody's heavy hitters. So being able to open a brokerage with that amount of business right away, that's a great advantage. You know, even though maybe we weren't getting as much of a split. It put us now in a new sphere. Now we hire other agents and we're able to kind of build a company now. Whereas in a team, we ran it as an LLC, but it's not something that you could sell. It's not something you can really bank on. It's just kind of like, hey, we run all our marketing costs to the LLC. Now it's a real entity. So now that moves on to maybe launching other companies and buying an office instead of renting space. And you're able to use your brand and your company in order to do that. So that's kind of where we're moving towards now. And so right now, are you guys your own brokerage or you guys are a team under a specific big brokerage? Yeah, no, we're our own brokerage. So we own the brokerage and we own the team. We've got both things going on. So we also, like I said, we have about 45 agents. So we have some teams that actually work under the brand as well, which is some people think like, that's crazy. Like, so you have teams working for another team that owns an office, but it's, you know, like I said, if, if you're doing the right thing and you're helping people, promoting people, pushing them to grow and their identities, they see the long run that, hey, there's an advantage to actually work for a broker that runs a team because they'll show me the right way to run a team. Because our previous experience, the broker just let us do our own thing. They didn't really have you know, much advice to give us as far as running a team because they've never done it before. But being that we've done it and we've trialed and errored a ton of things and we wasted a lot of money on a lot of things, we can tell them, 
nope, this is how you're going to do it. So question for you. I see a big Remax sign behind you. Are you guys in like a shared office space or how does that work? This is my conference room. So we've got like 3,400 square feet of space. So I kind of doubled this. This is a conference room slash studio. <laughs> so I got actually a green screen behind there too that drops down. So we have some agents that are using it as for, for their marketing and advertising here. Got it. So uh, I guess you guys are under Remax, right? It's Remax, Ocean 6 Group, and then the different teams? Yeah. So Remax is a franchise. So we bought the franchise. We own the franchise. We own the office space. We're releasing the office space now. We will own an office uh, in, in a few years. But um, yeah, the team is under uh, Remax Revolution, but we're the owners. So we run both. And what would you say makes like a great real estate team? Because I mean, there's a bunch of real estate teams out there. And I understand if you individualize it, they have more pride of ownership and they do a better job. But like fundamentally, what do you think makes the difference in the different teams? Yeah, so it's got to be well-organized and well-run. You've got to have a point person managing it. So my business partner, Abram, is great at that. He's great at systems and analytics. I think there's certain personalities that need to be in place on the, the management side and then also on the team side. So I think the main reason why our team works is because the framework's there and the success is there. We, we all lead by example. Everything that we ask our agents to do, we've done. There isn't anything that we're telling them to do that we haven't done. So the success is there. The roadmap's there for them to see it. But then on the back end, I mean, culture, I think, is everything. So our team is a little bit younger, but we do have some agents that are older as well that thrive in the culture. It is kind of like a family. Our whole office is like that, though, too. So the cool thing is it's like not cutthroat at all. It's, it's amazing. I was just thinking about it last week. We haven't had like an issue at all between agents that were arguing or fighting or anything over like the last year, which is, I mean, I know I've been in other brokerages and there's always drama and stuff going on and that is not happening here at all. But I think it's because everybody's got respect. Everybody helps each other. We all want each other to win. We'll take time to help each other grow and learn. Our mantra is there's more than enough business out there for everybody. So let's just help each other. Let's help all see each other grow. And let's all see each other take advantage of being part of a network and a system where we're all willing to combine and share. That's great. So imagine you're someone who's brand new. You just got a license. You're excited to start your real estate journey. What should you do? My advice to, to most of those agents are to join a team. We do also have like a mentorship program. Uh, one of our agents can coach you through most of your deals. So it's really a case-by-case -case basis. I mean, I'm going to say... The majority of agents, if you're coming in uh, and if you don't have an in where you think you're going to close 10 to 12 deals in your first year, which is a solid amount of deals, most agents are not doing that at all, um, even in their you know second or third year. But that's the experience. So if you can do that amount of deals, even if you take less of a split, even if it's a lot of referrals, that's the experience. You catch on fire from that. So the more deals you do on the front end, the more deals it'll turn out to in the back end. Those 12 deals that you do year one, even if you got to do them at 30%, I mean, I was doing them at 20% when I first started in the business. Even if you got to do them at 30%, it's all about volume. Just do it. Just go out there, learn. That'll put you in the mindset of, I'm, I could be a full-time agent. Anything less than that, you're a part-time agent. You're going to be looking for other things to do to possibly fill the void of income that you're not making or the time that you're not spending. The key is try to do as many real estate related things. And I think that's why if you join a team, you can absorb so much more information and glean so much experience and you know ask a ton of questions and 
get off to a quick start. Like that is the most important thing in this business because it costs a lot of money. We tell our agents it's going to be, you know, potentially four to six months before you make a dollar in this business. And then you, you know, going into it, you're going to spend thousands of dollars going into it, you know, but there's not many jobs that are uncapped where, you know, you can make 150, 200, 300,000 in three or four years and only go to school for like two weeks. So there's a reason for it. It's all about hanging in there and being able to do volume as quick as possible. Because when I looked back, I mean, good thing I was in the business for five years when the market went south, because then it became, you know, a lot of referral business. And then the phone starts ringing. And then all of a sudden, like, you're not cold calling. Like I say, people are cold calling you. They're like, yeah, um, my friend referred me to you. You don't know me, but I want to list my house. That happens multiple times a year. But that's only because you put the work in up front. I didn't care. I was only making 20, 25% doing 40 to 50 deals. I didn't know any better back then, but I'm glad. I would rather that than make 80% on eight deals. Because again, it's relationships. And all those people, they're going to move in five, six, seven years. So that's more volume then because they're going to call you because you're going to stay in touch with them. They had a good experience with you. So I think the key is, like I said, maybe getting on a team. That's what I would recommend to start. And we tell our agents, listen, you can come on the team for a year. If you think, hey, yeah, I got it. I learned everything I need to know and I want to do my own thing. Boom, perfect. Go out and be a single agent. You know, now we have that. Before, when we groomed an agent and they were great and they went on their own, we didn't get anything thereafter. It's like, we give you all this business and now there's nothing because we don't own the brokerage. Somebody else did. So how would someone determine what team to join? So I think you're going to do a lot of analytics on who the best teams are in the area. Who are the heaviest hitters? Who's doing a lot of Facebook advertising? Who's doing a lot of open houses? And whose culture do you fit with? You know, So I would interview with the top teams in your area. Make sure that the company makes sense. Make sure that the team leader makes sense and that it's going to be a nice synergy to it and that you're going to be able to learn and they're accessible and you can grow under them. It's not going to be a situation where they're just there to squeeze you and just kind of put their name on your business. Even if that's the case, listen, if you're going to be able to do 15 to 20 deals and it's not your name, you just got to do a good job with those clients. So you make sure those clients come back to you. But I think, uh, you know, interviewing with multiple companies and multiple team leaders is, is obviously the key to just find the right fit for you. And I think social media is everything. So anybody that's doing video and social media, that's where I want to go because I, I want to learn from those people because that's the future. Is it hard to join a team or is it kind of it's pretty open? I think it's pretty open. So it's got to work both ways. So we don't bring on everybody. But you know, most of our agents that join the team, they're not doing a ton of business in advance. We like to actually hire newer agents because we can train them the right way. There are some agents that were in the business that we brought onto the team that just didn't work out because they just didn't match up with our culture as far as like, you know, what we would tell them to do and what works. People are lazy, man. And that's why they probably didn't work out the last place they went to. So, you know, we look for more motivated people that want success, that aren't afraid to pick up the phone. So social media obviously is, is great, but you got to be able to pick up the phone and have a conversation because social media is only a way to get the door. If you can't connect with, with somebody person to person, then chances are you got to work on that. You're not going to be able to take over. It could be the greatest person as far as social media goes, but you also need to be able to conversate and then also have relevant data and know what you're talking about. So what are your challenges now? 
challenges his time, man. So, <laughs> so there's so many things that I want to do. I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and learning, and there's so much good information out there. And you want to act on all these different things. And what you find is it takes a lot of time to implement and to do things the right way. So time is always a challenge because I'm still running this business and still doing all this new construction, doing a lot of marketing, uh, doing a lot of video, trying to do as much social media as I can, and then you know trying to set up new systems for success for the future. You know, so we're working on a couple of things right now, and it's like we have weekly meetings to go over it, and it's just time. It's like if I had more time, I could have launched this a month ago or two months ago. But it is what it is. It's also part where we're trying to bring up people through our company too. Look for ways to help get some of our uh, admin staff more money. You know, so looking at how can we help our agents, how can we be of more value to our agents, do something that, hey, you know, you can spend X amount, we'll take care of it for you. It'll be less than if you do it outside. We're doing a, a lot of different things in house now, which is great. So, what's next for you and your company? We've got to hire a marketing person. That's going to be internal, which means we got to replace. Our front end staff right there. So that's a nice growth position. Working on a, our field guy. He does a lot of our sign deliveries and pretty much is our courier. Uh, he's getting drone certified. So uh, that's going to check off a box. Opening up a mortgage company that's going to be launched uh, within the next couple of months. That's going to help bring value back to our agents. We're going to be able to do uh, a lot of marketing and advertising and control that aspect of it uh, while giving our clients the best deals possible through this mortgage company. So excited about that. Um, some other things that we're thinking of to move towards, you know, past that, but just trying to kind of focus in on just these couple goals here, just to get them off the ground. So that way I don't have to worry about it. And then uh, just looking to grow and kind of become a business that can really help our agents pretty much every stop of the way we have answers for everything. So, you know, maybe we have some internal photographers eventually, videographers, things like that, that you spend a lot of money on the outside, trying to help control the cost of being a realtor. Because that's the thing is that everybody's out there trying to get our commission dollars. We need to make sure our agents are doing the things that they're the best at. So that's usually closing the deals. So uh, we have another thing, a transaction coordinator that's able to help take the deal from contract to close. We want them focused on just going out there, meeting clients, and then being able to find them the right deal or find the right buyer negotiate the deal. And like, that's it. Everything else we want to be able to kind of offset costs. So like we have, um, I'm sure you probably heard of the Matterport camera. We bought one of those. Our field guy does that too. So we were being charged like $400, 500, 600 to do those. And now we're doing it for 150. We're trying to find ways to reduce the cost for our agents. So, you know, they get good splits here on top of it. We have all these services. So we know like long-term, nobody's going to be able to beat us because we're building all these people and investing in our company. And by doing that, then eventually, like I said, maybe I could take my foot off and pass off the new construction to my agents that we're training right now. And then, you know, we're building maybe multiple offices or just working on this system and, and adding more value to it. Do you have multiple business partners right now? Two business partners. Yeah. So two business partners in the team and then two business partners in the office. And it'll be the same two business partners in the mortgage company. So, I mean, we, uh, we've known each other, I think, going back to like 2004. So, so that's probably the toughest thing with running a team if you're running it with partners is knowing that they're the right partners to run it long term. Because we did have, it was the Ocean 6 group and uh, originally it was six. And now 
the partnership's three, you know, even though we have 15 agents. Yeah, it was just, you know, you kind of go through things and you find out just some agents' heads aren't 100% in it. You know, they have all these ideas, but then the execution isn't there. And then the hustle and drive isn't there. You know, we all work a ton of hours. We have, you know, no problem putting in the effort. You know, we looked at it like this. I looked at it actually from inside sales. I was never the best. I was never the best. I just put in the most hours. That was it. Um, And then I also did the right thing. The cool thing, like I learned from even starting out in inside sales, my listing agents loved me because when they went on an appointment, it was real. It was legit. It wasn't something that, hey, I'm just going to put it on a board and, you know, I'll just get them in the door. I'll tell them whatever they want to hear just to get them in the door. You can't do that. Don't do that. That's failed from from the get-go. You want to make sure that every opportunity that you put out there, if you're going to spend the time and go out to meet a client, you know, make sure that you prep them the right way. Make sure that you're not trying to pull something over somebody's eyes. Try to pull a fast one. Don't do that. That's one thing I know looking back. During the time, I saw people taking advantage of, of systems and stuff like that. But then long term, hey, listen, if you've got that mentality towards that portion of life and business, you probably have that mentality for your whole life. And I think that's just not you know looking for the easy way out, um, looking for the quickest, fastest buck. I, I don't see that as being successful long term in this business. People will catch on to you and it's not going to help you grow. Yeah, You'll just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You might make some enough money to survive, but you know when you look back and you say like, why am I not getting referrals? It was a one-time deal because that person didn't feel valued. Yeah, it's like you said in this business, it's all about the long-term play, right? Like the referrals, or even that they're going to come back to you after they sell their house and buy their next house. Correct. So now you've been in this business for quite some time. Are there any lessons that you've learned that you wish you could tell your your older self? <laughs> yeah. So I think the main thing really is to try to be organized day to day and have have a mode where you more or less know like these are the keys to success and this is what I have to do possibly each day and structure it on a week to week basis. So it took me a while to figure that out because I was almost at the call of everybody and I would just run around and do whatever I had to do just basically on call reactively. And what I found was that it was tough for me to get things done. And I found, let me take a step back. Let me be more proactive and let me control my time a little bit more and just see what that result is. So I started saying, hey, Mondays, I'm going to the office and that's it. I'm following up on listings. I'm following up on leads. I'm setting the table on my deals. I'm going to go through my under contracts and make sure everything's being pushed along. Mondays is that day. I'm not out showing homes. And then also each day, week, week to week, setting things up so that you're not running around back and forth and you're spending all this time in the car that's unnecessary. So if I have something to do during the day, I'll do it at 9 a.m. before I get to the office. Then I'll go to the office and then I'll do something at three or four or five after the day is pretty much wrapped up. So now you have a full day and now you're in work mode, you know, where a lot of people, oh, I'll do this at 11 and then I'm going to have lunch. Oh, now I'm tired. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, what did you do today? You know, you just showed one thing. You never went to the office. You didn't really have any rhyme or reason to your day. So planning out your weeks, planning out your days so you know, all right, I'm off this day. That's it. I don't care. You know, you want to come see a house. Somebody wants to see a house. It's this day or I'm, maybe I have to res- assign you to one of my other agents. That's it because family time is important. And usually what I do is every week, every Sunday, I look at the holes in my calendar and I say, all right, now what can I do 
I'm going to be here this time. What else can I fill in? So maybe it's shooting video or doing you know social media and just booking myself on my calendar for that. So that way I have something to look forward to and to plan out to. You know, when you wake up in the morning, I think that's the key. What do you have going on? Whether it's maybe I have a, a whole in this day, I'm going to be out on this Thursday. I got to do a walkthrough and a closing. Maybe what I should do, I'll meet up with an old client for lunch or something. Just do the relationship builder thing. I'm going to be out in that area anyway. Let me see if they're available. If not, hey, it's a good reason to call people. So it's having purpose week to week. And then you look back at the end of the year and I feel that you accomplished so much more. You were so much more proactive about your day. So just trying to be really organized. I'm not the most organized person when it comes to like paperwork and stuff like that. So I think that was key for me to kind of revamp my business and be able to do more deals and, you know, just be able to be again, proactive and not reactive. I love that. I think having a full calendar and something that you stick to is very, very important, especially when you know you have these important tasks that need to be done. For sure. What do you think are your most important tasks? Uh, so the most important task is getting contracts. <laughs> so that's those are the money making items. So then you got to back end it and just figure out figure it out. Each property, you know, you got to come up with something and make sure that you know you're thinking outside of the box. So like I said, every Monday, hey, if I didn't have showings, why? You know. So then maybe I'm pulling the comps. So I mean, it's really being being there each week for those clients that you have listed and those active buyers that you have working. Um, and making sure you're staying in touch with them. I think that's the most important thing about your business. Everything else uh, kind of builds to that point. But like I said, I think the most important thing is, hey, you got to close the deals in order to make money. Uh, you got to make sure that uh, the buyers that you're working with, that you're touching on them, and they're not going to fade away, You know, even if it's just once a week. So uh, yeah, I mean, conversation's king. That's part of my Mondays. <laughs> Sounds good. Are there any final tips that you'd like to give to our listeners before we end our show today? I think I laid out a bunch of them, but uh, um, listening to a lot of podcasts, I think is key, man. Uh, I spend a lot of time. So when I am on the road, I'm not listening to the radio. I'm not, you know, wasting uh, airtime. I'm either listening to a podcast for an hour or two. And a lot of times I just shut my phone off. Um, even if I have clients calling, that's another tip. If you're not my phone and I don't know who you are, I don't pick up the phone. I don't have you programmed. I'm probably not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> you got to leave me a message or text me because that keeps me on track too. But it's an investment in yourself. It's your time. And that's part of staying proactive too. But um, learning from all different kinds of agents uh, from around the business, different industries that deal with real estate and being up to date on what's happening. So that way, when things start to shift in 2021 and 22, you're not behind the curve. You want to be ahead of it. You want to look at your business and say, how can I... Uh, make sure that as these companies change and you have iBuyers and you have companies like Homelight and uh, OpCity, you know, all these companies that are just grabbing your commission, focusing on, you know, your referrals and your database and your past clients, things like that. That's going to be key. So uh, learning is going to help you come up with different ideas, you know, to stay relevant in your market. And I think that's the biggest key, you know, whether it's reading a book or not. You know, you have Audible. I listen to books on Audible in the car too sometimes. And, you know, even if I listen to a half hour, 45 minute podcast, if I can pull just one thing out of that podcast and then implement it, I mean, it's, it's worth its weight in gold because it's that, you know, same theory. I mean, you surround yourself by high level people, right? So I think by doing that virtually, you know, listening to maybe a Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or a guy named Pat Hyben, 
these are guys that have already made it. You know, they're high level. So when you start hearing what they're saying, um, hearing what their guests are saying, it's all high level stuff. It's going to stick with you, whether you use it now or use it later. When you ask yourself that question of what would this person do? What would Gary do? What would Grant do in this position? You kind of know now because you got a sense of who that person is. You don't personally know them, but there's enough content out there that you know what they would possibly do or how, how would they act or respond to a certain situation. So I think that's uh, it's free information and it's the quickest way to learn these days. So besides the Grant Cardone show and the Gary Vee show, do you have any other favorite podcasts you're listening to? Yeah, I mean, Pat Hyben, Real Estate Rockstars is a great real estate show. He's had almost a thousand guests on it. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the guys from Million Dollar Listing were on there. That's a really good one. What else? I mean, I've listened to different uh, you know books on Audible, which is good. Uh, Chris Voss is one that I just finished. Uh, that's a good negotiation one. Uh, he's a former FBI guy. That's really it on the podcast stuff. Think Big, Justin Stoddart. He's a guy from uh, Oregon, a title guy. He's got a pretty cool show too. This is now one that I'm going to tap into and uh, I'm going to be following you and watching you and listening. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, I'm probably, I'm starting one too. So that's, that's next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Let me know if you need any tips. Yes, sir. I will. Absolutely. All right, Justin, thank you so much for your time. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, I guess best. I'm on Facebook, Justin Bozak, uh, Instagram, Justin Bozak, my cell phone, uh, 732-644-6217. Like I said, if I don't know your number, I probably won't pick up, but you can shoot me a text or leave me a message. All right, sounds good. Well, Justin, thank you guys so much for your time and dropping us some wise words of wisdom. Appreciate it, Sean. All right, cool. Take care. Here are some of the key takeaways from this episode. If you're new in the business, you need to be willing to show up. Never discount anybody that you meet. They could be your next big client. Real estate is all about building relationships and building your credibility. So you need to spend time to let your stuff ramp up. Offer to do more deals to get the experience, even if you aren't making a lot of money for the first few deals. Focus on building your business and you'll be able to make a lot more on the back end. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, join our meetup group where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was helpful, let me know what your key takeaway was from this episode and share this episode with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.